Hello. Hi. Happy Friday. Thank you. Happy full moon. Happy full moon. Mm. It may not be Friday where you're listening, but uh, we hope you had a good one. It's uh, Friday the 12th of August Mm. here in southwestern Australia. Yes, just past the peak of the full moon. It was so bright last night. It was awesome. It was, I was driving back from Margaret River and... Yes, really admiring it. Lovely. Yes, well, the sun opposite the moon. Sun in Leo, opposite the moon in Aquarius. The sun likes being in Leo. Mm-hmm. Yep, in the height of the northern summer. Um, but not here. It's very cold here. Mm, yeah, proper winter. Mm. Um, you were just saying we, we started recording and I forgot to fix up the microphone so you just had mentioned it's a crazy time and the raids at Mar-a-Lago you were starting to go there that's pretty fun (laughs) yeah we'll go run with it if you've got something I I just thought it was funny that it um because it was referred to on the US ABC news that August has been full of surprises and it made you know not least of which for Donald Trump and the FBI raid, which is not a raid. Yeah, it's nonsense. <laughs> it is. It's it just driving happen. memery. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen any memes yet, but it's kind of yes. nonsense, you know. Yes, it is. And it, I mean, it, in one way, it, it's such easy critique to come up with because it's dedicating resources to something that's like empty. Yes. And it it follows the memes that are kicking around at the moment about how they the US government have committed to employing like another 8,000 or something like tax agents. Brilliant. Oh yeah. And increasing I saw that. their yeah. powers. Yeah. So that they can go after like middle class tax avoidance yeah. <laughs> like so that yeah, the memes are like hilarious in that that yes. they've got, you know, like superheroes or whatever going after people who owe $600 in taxes. Yeah, nice. So, yeah. It's, um, well, yeah, I mean, I the reason I thought it was kind of funny is because um, thinking about it in relation to like secrets and um, like Scorpio South Node and um, I listened this week to an interview on Unheard between Freddie Sayers and Stella Morris and the – thought-provoking questions he asked her which are quite triggering in some sense like if she'd been woke she'd have shut down the interview I guess Mm -hmm. Um, I've also been reading The Coddling of the American Mind which I wish it wasn't called that because it's so applicable to more than just Americans but as we've said before we're all we all have American minds yes yes so that's a that was interesting too in light of the Aquarius full moon and what objectivity can bring to of value, you know, bring, mm. because the moon is very subjective. The moon at the southern bending, which means that it's southernmost point below, so to speak, the ecliptic, um, is at its most subjective, but Aquarius is very objective. So there's like a paradox in this full moon and, um, yeah, the Leo-Aquarius axis is kind of subjectivity versus objectivity in a in a sense. So um, 
yeah, just thinking about all of that. And so I guess, yeah, the, one of the questions Freddie asked Stella was um, about whether it's the right thing to do to reveal state secrets, mm-hmm. which is, you know, essentially, yeah, I mean, it's quite provocative and kind of... Um, but important to think about, which it just le- it, it makes me laugh in terms of the FBI raid of Trump's joint, and um, it made me think about the X Files. Right, that's a terribly <laughs> like broad question. I just want to point out. I mean, yeah, if you're talking about like journalists yeah. exposing I, that war wasn't crimes. a quote. I didn't. Yeah, right. so I'm not quoting him. It's just a kind of distillation of sort of what he was or my perception on that you right. know like what where it led me to think because and it is a good point you know because uh, WikiLeaks has been criticized for dumping information with no care for what that the repercussions yes it's so really anarchic in that sense and yeah it reminds me of when WikiLeaks was kind of you know 20 years ago when it kind of debuted mm. It did have that kind of edge to it that mm. was quite like lawless, yeah, irresponsible. Um, but it remains that that's kind of the core of journalism, and it's so in line with Julian Assange's sort of calling and mission from an astrological point of view. You know, to look at his chart, he's he's heeded the call. He's done what he came to do, and um, he, you know, suffers the consequences of that. Which, <laughs> that's a big thing to say too because I, I don't agree on any level with what's going on with him and I don't think it's, um, what's the word, in the right measure of what he should. But, yeah, Freddie also asked, like, do they think that it could have been better handled if he'd come out and faced the charges? She was amazingly composed considering how probably triggered she felt. Um, so who's Freddie? So Freddie Sayers from Unheard. Right. Okay. Yeah. I've never, never come across. Him. Oh yeah, I sent you. The oh, that one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I don't. Not first name basis. That Jordan Peterson one was the first I. Oh yeah. Had ever. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's. I think he's a really good interviewer and asks really good questions and sort of is very engaged with things. I mean, I just relate to the kinds of questions that he asks. Yeah. Because he doesn't shy away from... He, it's like a proper journalist. Yeah. He's <laughs> super <laughs> critical and yeah. Um, impartial. Yeah. which I, And he's also personable though. Like he's not on the attack either. Mm. Although she could have easily perceived it as an attack, some Good of the her. questions, but Sorry, she didn't. You were gonna, you were going into the X-Files, which... Oh, yeah. No, well, it was always, just funny because... <laughs> Always up for that. Yeah. Um, Scully and Mulder, Gillian Anderson and David Duchovny were both born under Aquarius full moons. So the moon in Aquarius, the sun in Leo. Um, and I had some a couple of cool quotes to share. Mm-hmm. Um, one from Scully was, what if there was only one choice and all the other ones were wrong and there were signs along the way to pay attention to? which just feels so much like the time we're living in now to me. Feels quite Aquarian. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Mulder says, um, not in the same episode, do you really think, did you really think you could call up the devil and ask him to behave? Hmm. Which is also, you know, the devil's association with Saturn and, um, yeah. I love that show. 
uh, it's brilliant. There's so many funny and insightful moments that, and you know, like Mulder, to paraphrase, you know, like he talks about the police spying on us and, um, you know, telling us that we ought to feel safer, but we've never been more in danger kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. that's, and, you know, that's like now, you know. Mm. <laughs> it was very prophetic, that show. It's like along with 1984 and, you know, all the others that have been so used as instruction manuals kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, just thinking about secrets in relation to the Scorpio South Node and um, I Googled what Jung had written about or thought about secrets um, and I came across an interesting interview with the man who wrote the book called The Jung Cult, (laughs) which is also like Aquarian Scorpio kind of, yeah, so... (laughs) And he does make some fair points, but I haven't read the book. I've only I've just read this. I'd heard of the book before and I have have been called out as a member of a cult mm. when I like come out to say that I'm into Jung or whatever or even name myself like Jungian people are like, isn't that a cult? Um, so it was interesting to hear his points of view, but he definitely misunderstands Jung, but he, this quote is so funny, he said, Jungians tend to be fantasy prone personalities or schizoid individuals, people detached from everyday reality on the margins of society and instead of working or whatever, they sit at home reading Jung, trying to have visions. Ouch. Well, (laughs) mind your business. (laughs) It's just, it's like. It's funny because it was like quite close to the bone for me. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I'm mean, not sitting home trying to have visions, but I certainly don't have a day job. <laughs> I mean, I'm raising three kids, you know, like keeping a house, like a proper little little wifey. But um, I mean, the, yes, I do. I, sit I, at I home. think that's not inaccurate, but it's also like, yeah. Yeah. What do you care? Yeah. Like, so and um, that's the thing. So he definitely doesn't get it. And it was interesting to think about that in terms of like Leo. Um, Aquarius, you know, the subjectivity of the individuation experience mm. um, that it's connected to Aquarius in the sense that Aquarius is like a future-oriented side, a sign. So we're going somewhere with our creativity and becoming who we are. There's like a, you know, a forward motion, mm-hmm. hopefully. Yeah. Um, Liz Green, in defence of Jung, obviously, being a Jungian analyst, said um, in The Astrology of Fate, God needs man to achieve the work of perfection. The struggle towards individuation is not just a cure for neurotic discomfort, but a sacred work done both for man and God. Ego and unconscious thus possess a strangely ambivalent relationship. They are enemies, yet they are dependent on one another which is like reminded me of the Rilke quote, um, take your well-disciplined strengths and stretch them between two poles because inside humans is where God learns. Yeah. So you can't put a value really from an objective point of view on someone's subjective, you know, like it, it's, mm. yeah, it's very difficult to do it. But, um, uh, you know, it's a fair, valid point of view that, you know, individuation is like 
so much navel gazing, like first world problems. Like yeah. many people don't have the luxury sure. of sitting around. That's cool. Contemplating. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's just, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about it from, yeah, the point of view of critiquing it. Leo, Aquarius. Um, yeah. With Saturn close by. Well, um, Ortega, you wanted to mention. Uh yeah, well, so I just reading through my notes and, you know, considering this full moon and everything, I sort of came back to my, the Anne Rand quote that I had put aside for last episode and then couldn't find it in the moment. So again, it sort of ties into this moon. Um, she said, there are two sides of every issue. One side is right and the other is wrong but the middle is always evil. The man who is wrong still retains some f- respect for truth, if only by accepting the responsibility of choice. But the man in the middle is the knave who blanks out the truth in order to pretend that no choice or values exist. In any compromise between good and evil, it is only evil that can profit. Which, yeah, I just think, to pretend that no choice or values exist is so perceptive and so Taurus North Node, you know, like the last couple of weeks we've been going through this um, North Node Uranus conjunction that's been really intense and Mars involved in that and then Mars moving through that and going on to square Saturn. So there's been like conflict and, you know, difficulty within relationships and um, Taurus is connected to one's own values while Scorpio can be thought of as representing the values of others Um, and in relationship our values can change like as we take into account the needs of other people which can be totally healthy and necessary but it can also be selling out Mm. so it's just like it's it's constantly like in some sense there has to be a middle way so in some sense I sort of disagree with Ayn Rand but in another way it's like yeah you have to choose a side like as a grown-up you have to you can't just sit on the fence like all the testing that we've been through in the past couple of years with Saturn in Aquarius and you know that at the moment this full moon Saturn is exactly opposite to the sun so you can see it rising as the sun sets um, along with the moon tonight wherever you are in the world it won't be far away the next time you can spot the moon you'll be able to see Saturn not too far from it and yeah it's just interesting to consider the consequences you know like with Assange like with all of us like you have to make a call and there's always consequences for that so and yeah which leads to Ortega who yeah, like thinking about the world now and how the cancel culture that has just destroyed lives and careers and whatever, which comes from this kind of mass man, what he called the mass man kind of mentality. And this quote from him, for whom to live, so the mass man, for whom to live is to be in every moment what they already are without imposing on themselves any effort. So like... And that's what the world is without individuation or, right. you know, to interchange like the word individuation with like self-improvement or yes. self-actualization or yep. however you want to conceptualize it. Ambition. Yeah. It's <laughs> like going somewhere. It's mm. got a trajectory forward. It's not just resting on 
nothing, which is the shadow of Taurus in a way, where you just don't change ever. Whereas Scorpio is like in perpetual change, like thrives on change to a pathological degree sometimes. It's like, you know, the drama and the, mm-hmm. you know, constantly like transforming. And so, yeah, there's always, and that's what's activated in the sky psyche lives of us all at the moment is that fixed cross, that Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, Aquarius, you know, those two axes form a cross in the zodiac and that is there's like crucifixions going on it's hard it's hot you know life is hard you've got to make decisions and not everyone's going to be pleased by that yeah Mm. crucifixions Mm. makes me think of like alex jones yeah who's just been ordered to pay 45 million dollars or something has he yeah and Jordan Peterson, I suppose, who is... I mean, there's something happening there. Were you you prepared to talk about Jordan Peterson this episode? Oh, sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was prepared to talk about whatever you wanted to talk about. Before we go there, did you want to play that Jose Ortega? Oh, no. Well, I I would recommend to people if they are interested in... um, hearing what Jose Ortega had to say because, man, I mean, it's incredible how insightful he really was and uh, he was a Taurus with um, Venus as the ruler of Taurus in Aries. So um, head over to Stephen West's podcast. Um, what is it? Philosophize this. this. Yeah, it's a three-part series on Jose Ortega. Yeah, maybe. Incredible. Yeah, it's it really is. absolutely some of his best work. Yes, yeah, quite inspiring. It really was great to listen to. And, um, yeah, he wrote the book um, Revolt of the Masses in the early, like nearly 100 years ago. So um, <laughs> he certainly would be what was feeling that? validated right about now. <laughs> yeah, what, what was that concept he had? The, um, like the fascist? Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Um, I said it here. Let me have a look. He certainly, yeah, I've, I know what you're talking about because I just was looking at notes about that this morning, but I don't have them in front of me. So. Oh, the fascism of mediocrity. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's like so perfect. where we are. That's exactly <laughs> where we are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep, thanks for adding that in. Very good. So, yeah, so go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, I've just been looking at Alex Jones because um, – to me, it's uh, where I don't quite know where to start. I guess I'll start with this. Where am I? BBC. Alex Jones must pay $49.3 million for Sandy Hook hoax claim. Mm-hmm. So it's been called a defamation mm-hmm. suit um, brought by the parents of a child killed in the Sandy Hook attack. So I couldn't quite find it because I guess it's like old news. So I couldn't quite find... You know, the claim was that he, on his, like, info wars, I, guess, I think he'd been banned from YouTube by this stage. Mm. Or maybe it's what led to him being banned by, mm-hmm. by YouTube. But after the Sandy Hook shooting, he, it's being said that he claimed that it didn't happen. Yeah. That, 
and yeah, I couldn't quite find like direct quotes or like footage of what he was saying at that time, but it led to, it kind of set off, you know, a portion of his audience Mm. who then went about going crazy about false flags. Mm. Because I think at that time, it was 2012 and the false flag thing had really kicked off. Mm. I mean, it was, I guess, just before that nine years or around that time, the Boston Marathon bombing took place. And like, you know, we absolutely know clearly that that was like a significant false flag event. There was dozens of private military guards in attendance organizing this event, Mm. which was actually tweeted by the Boston City Council and it was put on local news that that morning that during the marathon there would be a uh, a drill event mm. go down. Yeah. So everyone was across that. But then oh, people were dying and limbs were being blown off and all this stuff which I mean that's still so questionable and there was just so much evidence eyewitness accounts at that time that it was like bullshit. Mm. And then what to support kind of Alex Jones's claim even more was that some of the crisis actors who were present you know injured screaming on their phones at the Boston Marathon were like at other events. I think they were at like Sandy Hook and stuff. Right. So, yeah, you know, right. his claims, even though, I mean, he's, he's absolutely sensationalist. Mm. If you've never listened to Alex Jones, he goes absolutely <laughs> mad. I want to find a soundbite. I will. Yeah. Cause he, he's so mental. He is. But, yeah. but he's been so, I mean, his whole career, he's a journalist, mm. his whole career. He has been so true to, truth yeah so he's ne- he's been apolitical mm. he was you know he was a huge hugely against like the bush family and george bush yeah and so he was so like anti-republican at that time mm. um i mean he he remains apolitical i think i, I don't think he'd well, agree he's not that, into obama either is he well um, then he was he hates he hates the clintons. the clintons like so yeah. he's he's i i guess he's like against the elites yeah and it seems but honestly like i i love his work mm. i've this morning i was like looking at um his you know that website that he is a part of it's his website infowars yeah so i mean just look at any of the stories on infowars yeah. it's so like useful mm. i don't know if this is gonna um it's been a while since i listened to infowars or went to the website but i have in the past i don't yeah i mean it's hard kind of hard to listen to him i find i find he's too because really yeah but and, and like he's super american and super like intense loud mouth like, he's yeah. intense yeah i'll just see if this plays through the mic just hang on the spanish meteorological agency has confessed spain has been sprayed with lead dioxide silver iodine and diatomite and it, and more and it goes on to say that they are spraying with UN authorization and the and, and the EU biocides biocides and look up biocides a pesticide that kills life and they say in the press release that's right here in Spanish that it's being done to stop global warming so mm-hmm. pesticides stop global warming oh but wait it gets better it gets a lot better. They go on to say that it's also stop COVID 
And there's another little problem here. They talk in documents about stopping COVID in 2019. <laughs> so that's the kind of thing that he does. Yeah. Like, he's a, he's a truther. Yeah. And... Yeah, so I, I mean, meant to look up his chart. I will do for next time. Yeah, I was hoping you would yeah. actually. Oh, I can find. I can see if I can get his data while we're sitting here and do a chart for him. I just wanted to show that because, you know, what he said about Sandy Hook. You know, it led to families of victims being attacked, and there's this this guy. Um, what's his bloody name? So give me one sec. Robbie Parker. Which I talked about with my friend Paul Devins, mm-hmm. who also, he, you know, he was claiming that Uvalde was a the most recent um, school shooting where white kids died because yes. they probably happen more often in black neighborhoods. No doubt. But anyway, you know, he was claiming at that time, he showed me the Robbie Parker clip, which is like clearly this crisis actor mm. because he's like standing off camera not knowing the cameras are rolling and he's like having a laugh and a joke and then he steps up to the mic and starts like hyperventilating and claiming you know talking about his daughter and shit like that Mm. it's the same as at Uvalde when you had parents going and meeting Anderson Cooper and Mm. so I guess the thing is now uh old mate sorry Alex Jones he claims so as we all have, as us truthers have, I suppose, we have kind of reclassified what we might think about these false flag events. Mm. Because there's people who, you know, like my friend Paul, who might claim that they are completely staged. There's no victims. There's no perpetrator. Mm. It's um, blanks being shot off by speakers or whatever. The holograms are so sophisticated now that they can kind of do all this and then they just invent non-existent victims and things like that i mean i would like to believe that that's actually how these things take place because to think of like kids being shot Mm. like that is just too much to bear it is but then if you've got you know genuine victims Mm. well okay it's easy then it's easy to say yeah well these things do take place everyone's saying why did the police stand outside the school for 50 minutes before they went? Yeah. Why do you think? Yeah. Because they knew that this shit is organized mm. and they're not going in risking their lives getting shot when someone has said, don't go in, just go, just be in a tent. It's not, it's fucking really poorly organized, yeah. I would say, but it's all orchestrated. At Sandy Hook, there was definitely eyewitness accounts saying there was more than two shooters. Right. There was multiple. Yeah. The same as at um, Tasmania, the massacre here that banned our weapons mm. that Las Vegas where like 800 people or something were injured by one gunman. Are you mm. kidding me? Like people all claimed that there was shots coming from over there and mm. shots coming from over there. Yeah. Tim Dillon says that he, he loves Alex Jones, yeah. but he says he's like, I don't necessarily think that they could be false flag events because that they're, they're not making any inroads into the banning of weapons. Mm. And they kind of almost don't even try. It worked in Australia with Port Arthur. But it's been going on. It's like 10 years that it's been really ramped up in the States. You know what? The statistics are horrendous. I looked at them a few months ago. There's like um, 600 shootings already this year or something in America, school shootings. Also, I mean, it's easy. You think of like the psychology of it. Absolutely, that psychology exists. Was it Jung that said the... 
the child who is neglected by the village will burn it down to feel I don't its think, warmth. I think it's just a, a proverb. It's a proverb. Like an African yeah. proverb or It whatever. reminds me of um, like Jordan Peterson. Yeah. And that, that you know, because he, he spent time with that, like the school shooting events. He's commented heavily on, um, you know, in his book. Yeah. He draws on... Um, Columbine, Columbine, and, stuff. and yeah. the psychology there, and yeah, so and that psychology exists. Those things occur for, yes. for sure, and yes. that's something that we kind of need to acknowledge. But I think as well, like fucking everything, like climate change, mm. like viruses spreading around, they they get hijacked yes. and inflamed and turned yes. against us. And yes. so, Alex Jones and Infowars plays a vital role. It is journalism. You go to their – like, I can't believe the amount of stories that are on there. Yeah, and it's being wow. updated every day. Yeah. That um, Spain admits to spraying deadly pesticides thing, That's that was published this morning. Yeah, right. It's so Infowars, are, they're constantly working. He is constantly <laughs> – $50 million settlement will all but shut down Infowars. Yes. They're calling for donations. Like, they – it's really quite sad because, yeah, I mean, and, and it's all part of the movement towards Good Information Inc., isn't it? Oh, I mean, 100%. they're making it's, an example. They're trying of to him. shut down yeah, alternative him. media yeah. sources. And Assange, people who are whistleblowing, like they just don't, it's not happening anymore. This yeah. is the great reset. It is yeah. not happening okay, anymore. Okay, and you know what? Like, I'm going to play something then, just because you said that. I love this. This is great, Alex Jones, like sensationalism. <laughs> corporate world government is publicly taking over the planet, cutting off the resources, and imploding the borders. And InfoWars is under more attack than even major presidents that have been resisting the globalists like Bolsonaro and Trump. And why is that? Because they see me at InfoWars as the archetypal populist threat to their system. And they've been able to trace back much of the modern movements fighting them to us, and that means to you, the viewers and listeners. When Trump says they've got to get through him to get to you, he's telling the truth. And when I tell you they've got to get through me to get to you, that's exactly what's happening. So I wanted to thank you today for your prayers, for your support, and for your steadfast dedication to freedom and your defense of InfoWars. We are a family. Mm, we are in this together. Bless him. Yeah, so that's – he made this, like, four-minute um, speech, and thank you for the support. That's That was also – published yesterday just after the announcement of the right, trial yes. so yeah i mean whether you it's easy to go oh he's a fucking right-wing nut job At the end of the day it's alternative media that's right it has absolute value a it lot of the Infowars stuff is true yeah. everyone knows that so much shit that alex jones has said 80 percent of it has been found true yes. and he will say i don't talk shit i just yeah. sometimes i say a lot of things yeah. i might change my mind in opinion yeah but i Generally, everything I put out there, I have, I can show you. Yeah. The, the, you know. You know what? His chart's incredible. So Tell I us. don't have a time, but he, he's got Saturn on his son right now. So that would. Wow, okay. That's his, $50 million for it. Yes, brutal. Um, so he's got an Aquarius son, conjunct Jupiter. So that's why he's so bombastic and larger than life. It's just huge. Well, like, he's archetypal total, that. Exactly <laughs> what he said. And that's what happens when you listen to people like give an account, a subjective account of their experience with an astrological chart in front of you. 
It's they speak the chart. That's right. that, and they talk about their experience of the chart in a way that you could never. I mean, you could predict it possibly, but it's astrology is predictive on an archetypal level, but it's not like concretely predictive. It's it's very. But anyway, to go back to his chart, so his sun is trying to his moon in Libra, which is right on Uranus thereabouts because I haven't got a time for his birth but um yes totally disruptive but also very affected by the other you know very sensitive to the other in it and those two the sun and moon along with Jupiter and Uranus are also trying to the south node on Saturn in Gemini so he's got this huge air trine in his chart which is very very objective so he really he is a truther, as you mm. say. Like he really is, and his north node is in Sagittarius, totally questing for truth. It's yeah, what totally. a complete. Like he's all those things, and he does have that sensitivity too. Yeah, he's, yeah, love, yeah. No, I'm he's try a softy in that way. Like I, I definitely seen that softness in him, um, and that sort of I would have actually had I tried to guess, I would have thought he was a Cancer because he's got that tough exterior, but real softness to him as well but, um, <laughs> i'm just gonna play i'm not sure what it's gonna sound like give me a sec you get in my face with that i'll beat your goddamn ass you son of a bitch <laughs> you piece of shit you fucking goddamn fucker <laughs> that's how it feels sometimes yeah. it's so frustrating it's, it's not particularly easy listening no <laughs> no but certainly worthwhile in terms of content and perspective like it is a I think valid he was talking about vaccines yeah there. right like <laughs> <laughs> oh man and let's shout out to the documentary i haven't seen it yet but i know I, it's out yeah so uh, unfortunately someone sent me a link and i was just like yes i've got the link but it's been taken off youtube oh bummer yeah so alex's war it's okay. I, Prime Amazon Prime have it, but it's not available in Australia. So I'm oh, going to keep so trying to find it. But it, I mean, it looks good. Even going to look at the preview on YouTube, of Alex's War is um, it's interesting and it, it's very much like his story. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like that. That you know, while he's going through this huge, big Saturn transit, it's going to cost him a lot of money and maybe his career. I mean, it won't cost him his career. It'll People, only make him more he's got successful. Friends. Yeah, like Joe Thank Rogan goodness. will give him whatever sure yeah brilliant they'll be right but he's also like that documentary that which is not exactly necessarily pro alex jones but it's trying to um perhaps give him some credibility or you know like it's trying to tell the truth about him which is much more balanced it shows his whole life and it's his voice a lot yeah so yeah yeah i think it is kind of pro alex it's certainly not propaganda ish but it's That's it's an what honest I meant, account. I guess. Yeah, I like think an most honest people account. could watch it with an open mind, and yeah. they would feel like we shouldn't be banning yeah. him. Yeah. Yes, it's extremist, but so, it's not. It's not out of line by any means. It's, there's no hate in it. Only for elites. Yeah. <laughs> well, funny about that elites because that ties back to Ortega as well because he was pro elites in the sense that he feels that. Not everyone is equal and not yes. everyone should be equal. But don't we all feel like that? Yeah. So and he's all pro-aristocracy. But, um, well, I used to a, be like that too. Well, I, I think there's certainly a place for that because at the moment, and this is all part of like woke culture and all of that movement is that equality means that everyone has 
an equal and valid opinion, and that's not actually true. Oh, that's so. <laughs> yeah. Well, it shouldn't be like the case. Like we shouldn't give equal weight to everybody's view. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but unfortunately, the way the world is increasingly going, it's like that's how we roll. But anyway, interesting. And I can't resist this segue because you spoke directly, and so did Alex Jones about the connection of. Um, like climate change, greenhouse gas emissions, infectious diseases, viruses, blah, blah, blah. And um, this week I read about a Hawaiian study. There's an article on nature.com about um, infectious diseases becoming more dangerous and immune systems becoming less effective because of... Drum roll. Thank you. (laughs) Climate change. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know how, but it's interesting to think about that in terms of like, I mean, as soon as I read that article, I immediately thought of the sun being closer and closer to a trine with Eris bringing revelations, you know, and at the discovery or not long after the discovery of Eris, um, was the replication crisis in research, which was written about by a famous Greek statistician whose name I can't pronounce. It's like I am Adonis. Mm-hmm. I am an Adonis. No, that's uh-huh. not right. <laughs> Something starts with an I. Um, yeah, the replication crisis, which basically um, is that results can't usually in research be replicated anymore yes, because right. the research is done so badly. <laughs> Right. So that's what I thought of when I read this thing because it's just so convenient. And then I just went down the rabbit hole a little bit to look at the authors and the lead author, Tristan McKenzie, um, identifies and has a blog um, about being a trans scientist. She's the re- – oh, sorry, he – sorry. He is the recipient of a scholarship from the European Commission, which is headed by the German – Ursula von der Leyen, von der Leyen, who gave a very stirring speech to the WEF this year. Um. <laughs> mm, nothing to see here. So what is their claim anyway, about climate change? Like, honestly, that. what the fuck? Uh, I know. So um, you can go to nature.com and read the whole article. Um, I, I actually heard about it on the Triple J News and I would... I did want to get back to hack and see if they'd interviewed anyone about it. Um, but essentially, yeah, climate change is causing bugs and um, infectious diseases to be more vi- virulent. And yes, our immune systems are suffering. Got nothing to do with the vaccine everyone's had and wrecked everyone's immune systems. Um, nothing to do with anything else whatsoever or just, attributable yeah, to I, climate change. Yeah, I guess like I... I kind of wonder what on earth they have to support the claim, but it doesn't matter because they'll just have some scientific study or some shit. Yeah, no, well, they've looked at um, the, yeah, I mean, there's all tables and whatnot, yeah. I can't even paraphrase it effectively to get Mm. the point across, but, I mean, that is the central message of the whole thing and obviously the whole point is to, yes, reduce greenhouse gas emissions, Mm. which is about getting rid of coal, bringing in renewables all the same old junk it's also i mean not junk but you know right i've spent a bit of time 
on climate change this week for whatever reason just a couple of things that i've listened to have been kind of centered on it um one being something that i would actually recommend i went to my spotify and i searched i entered alex jones name and episode 1555 of the joe rogan experience came up which is with alex jones and tim dylan oh brilliant i'll have to find that it's october 2020 um and they probably for the a good a good half hour they spend talking about climate change and of course Alex Jones who's not necessarily a denier of climate change it's the same as all of us it's like yes the climate's changing mm. there's maybe reasons why that we don't acknowledge that don't get spoken about as to why that's occurring but what we do know is the earth's never been as green as it is there's you know a lot of evidence to say that the planet's actually looking really good like healthy well i read about the great barrier reef being in better shape than it has been for 10 years this right. week so there's these things that we don't know about that mm. occur you know we can't just have this you know, we do we think we're in control of everything and we understand everything and you know you've got to fucking rescue shit whatever mm. but um it, you know alex jones will claim that um it's like yeah we can get rid of coal it's it's this thing is like this global tax mm. which just gets towards global governance mm. And the ultimately like microchipping of humans, which whether that is an implant or it's like your smartphone, however they choose to do it, mm. it's about like tracking and carbon. So just using climate change essentially, and I guess vaccine passports as a vessel to for like greater surveillance and of course control, mm. limiting human movement activity, restricting prosperity. Yeah. He says is like a big one for... Mm. Um, that that was in like the early 2000s when they would talk about the UN Agenda 21, mm. that like at the core of that was limiting prosperity. Yeah. Th they would say that. Right. So, yeah, obviously like having less energy available for us, more expensive energy. I think they use energy, different that words of, now. They spin it in a different way. Like well, of course, because it got too mainstream. Poverty. Yeah. 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 It's Which is more equal distribution of wealth, but that is not necessarily i mean that won't affect <laughs> bill gates <laughs> have you seen the hilarious meme that um is doing the rounds un <laughs> i can't wish i could find it but it's like the un um uh, release attack on idea that the world is run by um conspiring elites <laughs> <laughs> It's like a self-fulfilling meme. It's like the UN condemn their own existence. Like, but it, that's actually like the story. Like yeah. the UN is saying Nothing there is not a group here. of elites running things. How like, very dare you. Well, what are you doing then? <laughs> uh, yes, it's funny. Uh, yeah, you have to have a sense of humor about it. Well, it's all um, going to be okay yeah. in the end. Well, I think... My yeah, as always, my faith is in Eris and the chaosmos and our stupidity. Like we couldn't organise a route in a brothel. Yeah, there you but go. It, you know, it's so. It's definitely inept. I have some commentators, you know, that I know in real life and that I follow, who are just like these guys are not. They're not clever enough. Yeah. They're just, anyway, but you, they like to think they are. And yeah, that's good because I mean, it's kind of like it, it's exposing the whole thing. 
which is brilliant because yeah. we really, as of the last two years, there is no doubt left in the minds of us who can see what's going on. It's just a constant like revelation one after another of like all the crazy. Mm. Um, for those who refuse to see or can't see for whatever reason, well, it is what it is, whatever. But it is to me, you know, the testing and the that heiress piece of the whole thing. It's like if you can see, if you know, you know. Like you can't mm. not know. Yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say? Well, I don't know if we if you have much to say on it, but you know, I actually mentioned it to you off air, mm. maybe last weekend. Um, Tucker Carlson. Yes. And you um, <laughs> naming me as a big lover of the Tucker, a Tucker lover. Mm. Um, and me feeling like, well, I'm not so sure. And then you were like, no, I love him. Yeah. Well, so I have been. <laughs> do you want to have a conversation about, <laughs> did you read Caitlin's newsletter? Tucker Carlson is as much a propagandist as anyone else in MSM. Yeah. So, I yeah, is that the same article as the man on TV is not your friend? Is that the same one? Uh, no. But okay. that's, yeah. Similar kind it's, of a I think it's an extension of that. Right. Yeah. Yes. So, and so, I was in a kind of a sceptical place about Tucker, but I've since been converted. But I... <laughs> I'd, uh, yes, I should probably read Caitlin's article because she's... It's scathing. Yeah, and she is. She's, she's a certain, bitch. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's got a perspective and she sticks to it and I appreciate that perspective, but I don't necessarily always agree with it. Yeah, um, listen to this. She says, I mean, it's, you know, she's a bloody good writer. Yeah, she is. Um, Let me just, let me for I meant to highlight this, but then there was so many points that I, okay. There is no more important goal for the oligarchic empire than securing U.S. hegemony by halting the rise of China. And there is no figure more effective in manufacturing consent for that goal than Tucker Carlson. Mm. He gains credibility by appearing to fight the power, then uses that stolen credibility to help manufacture consent for the most high-priority agendas of the powerful. Mm. And that's just the shorter sort of behavior you'd expect from someone whose life has been full of highly shady overlap with the CIA and, oh, sorry, with the Central Intelligence Agency and who has actually admitted to having applied to join the CIA. Let's click on his highly shady overlap. I mean, Tucker Carlson, the elite pedigree of a brilliant cosplaying populist. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I think that you need figures like Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Well, if we didn't have Tucker, who would we have? Yeah. Um, I certainly came to him very late, only this year, definitely. Like hadn't given him the time of day mm. until this year. Um, and I'm not – I don't necessarily agree with everything he says either, but I do value his perspective again, like, you know, in terms of balance and in terms of, you know, providing food for thought and – um, a different voice other than the mainstream media. like, And he's also got a good sense of humour. Yes. And <laughs> the reason that I jumped his defence is because I listened to the most darling interview between him and J.P. Sears. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't just, watch that. It's yeah. <laughs> just so lovely. Yeah. The pair I mean, of them. <laughs> if you've got you know? the ability to be able to kind of like critique the media that you consume yeah. and like think about it, yes. then what he does is 
absolutely brilliant. Yes. If you're a person who just thinks everything that he says is has no agenda and is true, um, well, that can be as dangerous as Certainly. the dozens and dozens yes. of left-wing fucking pundits yes. that get all that airtime. Yes, yes. But yeah, absolutely he's kind agreed. of on his own in a sense. And that's, that's what I feel like. He really is kind of out on a limb and I really appreciate that. Um, he's also, also he's very critical of um, certain Republicans, you know, like so sure he might serve certain agendas, yeah. but he's, he's, he's critical and he doesn't shy away. Yeah. He's conservative, isn't he? By, For sure. Yeah. yeah. And because I've moved more that way politically, um, or I don't know if I moved or it moved, but whatever, like I... I certainly relate to conservative views a whole lot more than I used to. Um, I think it's And us. see the value in it. Yeah. Because you learn more about, um, you know. The ways of the world. The personal responsibility and that you don't necessarily want governments interfering in your life. And so, yeah, at a, at a philosophical fault. level, like a, in terms of political philosophy, mm. yes, I think that we have genuinely started to lean more towards the ideas that are more classically conservative. Mm. Um, but then Ayn Rand would say, and I guess we would agree with her on so many things, she's not a conservative, mm. but very easy to identify her as a conservative. Mm. But she would consider herself, I think she said she's a capitalist extremist. Right. Or and she's like right that. into, um, what is it, laissez-faire? Capitalism, yeah. 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 So is uninterfered and... Yeah, I guess in the kind of middle of the 20th century, you could really see the value in that. And that's so important is looking at things in context. Mm. So whether she would agree with her position then, now, you know, who knows? Yeah. But um, she may have a different view by now. But She also talked around about the, the destructive nature of crony capitalism and condemned yeah. what capitalism had become. Yes, and that's really important to be aware of too that what capitalism has become is not true to its nature necessarily. Ayn Rand wouldn't be into that. No, but perhaps as well it has happened as a matter of inevitability. Well, like, that's I guess like that's what socialists would kind of argue. Absolutely, and I remember believing that yeah. as the truth, and that socialism has never been properly tried, and all of that. It's stuff like yeah. That, well, is socialism not inevitably corruptible as well, and destined to be corrupted? Well, when I look Have at you the read way, Animal Farm, yeah. <laughs> It's like, but it's so. This is then it comes back to human nature, right? Yes, In the or shadow piggy of man. nature, for that matter. Yeah. It's like, yes, we all kind of have corruptibility within us. Yes, which is human shadow, and that needs to be dealt with on a very subjective level. Like, mm. we all have to look towards our own inner crony capitalist and assess how we buy into that and how we resist that and. All of the above. If we have time, if we're not at the... (laughs) (laughs) If we have time to navel gaze. (laughs) We know you're busy. Um, Yeah, so what was I going to say? I have got... How much time do we have? Oh, all the time in the world. Um, We're at 50 minutes, so... Yeah, well, I guess what you're saying there just ties into Saturn again and like maturity. So I had this real little gem of a quote from James Hillman who wrote about betrayal in an incredible way but I'm talking today particularly about self-betrayal because I feel like that has come up 
in my life around me in stories I've been hearing from people and even like in the collective more in the news um, and certainly yeah astrologically it feels very relevant so I'll just read this little quote the fundamentals of one's own nature are betrayed so we refuse to be what we are begin to cheat ourselves with excuses and escapes and self-betrayal becomes nothing other than Jung's definition of neurosis inauthentic suffering one no longer lives one's own form of suffering but through lack of courage to be one betrays oneself and we are rather like Judas or Peter in letting down the essential thing the essential important demand to take on and carry one's own suffering and be what one is no matter how it hurts that is so poignant yeah amazing so I just feel like that was such a wonderful quote for this new moon on Saturn and coming to maturity you know taking responsibility for our lot inauthentic suffering yeah well that's what we do that's what neurosis is like rather than suffer the real conflict we pick something else that feels less uncomfortable yeah that we can you know bear a bit more or we get to blame someone then point out yeah yeah like I was misgendered. Yes, exactly. Like that kind of a thing. So, I mean, and it's just brutal to look at how this wave of um, transgender has exploited that human condition tendency, you know, that woundedness that everyone suffers with, whether it's been exploited knowingly or, you know, you know, whether there was any intention ever behind that movement or it just became distorted because of human nature again um, and our, you know, propensity to get carried away with everything and turn everything into a movement and ideolo- ideolo- you know, turn things into an <laughs> <laughs> ideology. Ideologize? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's a know. word, but that's where I was trying to go, yeah. Um, I've worked is, with... oh. Sorry, no, you go. Oh, no, nothing. I mean, yeah, we just need to accept responsibility. Saturn calls us to make a choice or a judgment. Um, as Ayn Rand said, you know, like rather than blank out the truth, you know, like you kind of have to make a call mm. and that's pretty brutal. And when we consider like Mars in this, you know, having been conjunct the North Node and Uranus and then going on to square Saturn, um, you know, having the courage to stand by our convictions and like what Hillman said, the courage to be mm. who we are. And and you could take that in the context of transgender, like, yes, I will be who I am and that is. Yes. But it it's may fine. be inauthentic suffering. So we have to have that objectivity. We have to remove ourselves The opportunity somewhat. is though that you get to examine if are you transgender or are you just following the wrong channels on TikTok? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's a bit of a Freud-like thing where he said something about be careful you're not just surrounding yourself in, but with assholes kind yeah. of a... <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's what's happening. I, I was working with... Um, so down at work this week, we had to like get some labor force in. Um, and I was working with these two 18-year-old guys who they graduated like last year year 12 and i you know on day two working together i was like did you guys is there any like trans kids at your school and he was he's like oh 
It's like 50%. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He's like, honestly, he's like 50% would have been like non-binary. I was like, what? He's, I was like, why do, why do you think that is? He's like, social media. Yeah. Like he's well, like, it's not genuine. Jordan there's Peterson no, there's no way that there's so 50% of kids don't know what gender they are. No way. And that's the thing, the impressionability of the whole thing. And of course, teenagers are impressionable. And, 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 and furthermore, they're also confused. Yeah, and uncomfortable in their body because it is uncomfortable being in your body when yes. you're a teenager because you're changing. And, oh, my God, I've got boobs and pubes and yeah. whatever else. Uh, one guy told me, the other guy told me that um, one of the, a kid in year 12 got boob implants. Yeah. How bad is that? I don't know. It's just... It shouldn't, and that's why I I still relate. So that was what you were going to talk about with Jordan Peterson, was it? That, well, not exactly. Um, but he's like being heavily criticized. I mean, that kind of him being banned from Twitter, yeah, like purposefully well, misgendering Ellen Page, dead name, Elliot, yeah, yeah, and really making a point of it. And it's it's antagonistic, and it's yes. I thought it was a bit uncalled for, in a way, like it. But I know he's making a point. Um, and it's a really important point. But, yeah, I see. I mean, he's only human, right? So, like, he's going to get triggered and there's no doubt he's triggered and also he's trying to differentiate himself at this important, you know, time in terms of, like, not only politics and ideology but also <laughs> he's trying to get Daily Wire channel <laughs> well, the, up and the, moving. Yeah. <laughs> They've His got him. That's, that's, gonna, that's a great relationship for yeah, both of them. Yeah. So I was pretty interested to listen to that critique of Jordan Peterson again on Unheard. The but one that you sent me. Yeah. You didn't agree with it? But I didn't with agree it? with him, no. Yeah. And I, I really, I mean, I certainly agree that that was a very, um, Jordan Peterson's rant post-Twitter expulsion or whatever was really like... Intense and I thought it was quite dark and yes, it but it's human, isn't it? It's like it's he certainly gives voice to his own shadow in that, and he's out of the sure. closet. And I respect that but because he's chosen a side, and you know, yeah, and yep, I, he he clearly has. And I don't feel like I mean the criticism in that conversation is that he lacks nuance. You know, which yes. is the nature of choosing a side in some sense. Okay. But I think it doesn't necessarily need to be like that if we can like allow ourselves to have enough room mentally or intellectually to consider all the options on the table. But when it comes to and you know, and this is a criticism of or my criticism of Jungianism is how many Jungians talk about the tension of the opposites mm. and it's a cop out. You know, like rather than choosing a side, mm. they'll just hold the tension of the opposites right. and they won't actually say what they think. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because they're too scared to have the courage to be who they are. Well, so it's yeah. like inauthentic suffering. What again. if someone doesn't like it? Exactly. It's, and yeah. people are not going to like it when you're a bitch, when you're an asshole, when you come out and say, you know, condemning these criminals or yeah. whatever for what they're doing with the transgender kids. Again, in a way, like, Tucker, there needs we need these figures. Yeah, these kind of, I mean, so that that thing that we uh, that we listened to, the thing that you sent me, mm. 
there was points in that that I agree. I think yeah. J- Jordan Peterson, it's he's getting old, yeah. and he's getting angry, and he's I getting think a he's bit always dark. Been angry. I think that's all. But as was mentioned in disturbing. that conversation, he used to value that you would have argument back and forth. You mm. used, he used to kind of, to some degree, like celebrate the left because it would. You know, it was something that you might disagree with because it would give you the opportunity for like debate. Mm. It seems to me now that he's he is kind of ramping up in the face of, you know, in that speech, mm. that response. He's like, "We'll see who cancels who." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, it's funny. You know, it's like worth he's watching. Glaring at I- them. <laughs> but he's he's so. <laughs> And I suppose he's kind of rising to power yeah. in a way and he's like taking it on. He's also a perfect ad for the thing that he's talked about in terms of like, you know, restraining his inner monster. <laughs> like all that yeah. kind of... <laughs> he's, he's walking his dog. I am a monster yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> he's a very well-dressed monster. Uh, yeah, I, I can see why that guy's criticised him and I don't even know his name... Where's he from? Rebel Wisdom. If you give me a sec, I can find it very, yeah. very quickly. So um, he, I appreciate his criticism, but I feel like for my money, he... Sorry? It's okay. <laughs> he sort of outed himself as a bit of a sookie baba. <laughs> yeah. David Fuller, what happened to Jordan Peterson? Yeah. So I haven't read the article unheard. yet that he wrote. I haven't had time to go back to that, but um, yeah. I, I, I thought he made some, some good points, um, saying that he used to love, really admire Jordan Peterson, and mm. now he's a bit like mm, he's just kind of angry and scathing. But I'm I not think sure. That's always been part of him, and I don't think. Yeah, I mean, who isn't angry and scathing sometimes? In a way, I'm kind of glad that he's stepping it up and going hard on the left because he's he's obviously coming towards the end of his career in terms of just chronology Mm. isn't he he's not gonna live forever um i don't know there's there's a lot of i read the other day it came up on a stupid facebook page that i follow i couldn't find it but it was it was this essay that someone had done like it was very good like really ripping into him Mm. and i found myself being like hmm I do agree with you on some points, but it, was, yeah. it wasn't very fair. There's a particular YouTube channel who I'm not going to mention because they make me feel sick, but um, unfortunately someone close to me follows and recommends this channel. Mm. They're a very big channel. They have like 10 million followers or something and a lot of influence, mm. but they regularly go after Jordan Peterson yeah. And like attack the shit out of him. Mm. Um, I've watched a couple of their critiques this morning and they're not very fair. Mm. But they just, of course, they just, you know, they're just after views. So they just go after like, leave the trans kids alone yeah, kind yeah. of thing without actually trying to understand what Jordan Peterson is, mm. why he is concerned. Yeah. Well, I've, I heard Jordan Peterson interviewed, I think it was by an Icelandic journalist Mm. while he was on his tour like within the last four weeks I'd say I watched this and it was new and he was talking about like he differentiates between genuine gender dysmorphia 
Dysphoria? Dysphoria. Dysmorphia. <laughs> he calls it dysmorphia in that. And I'm like, that's not the word. Dysphoria is the word. Right. I'm sure he does that. And I just channeled it. Um, dysphoria and, you know, what we see now, which is this impressionability, you know, arguably at least, it's got to do with impressionability, mm. social media. And I can see why he criticised Elliot Page because she's got... Hey. Sorry, <laughs> he has uh, it's got hard to get a following, and yeah, has, absolutely, it's a proponent you know, figure, relevance, yeah. um, media spotlight, amazing, hundred percent, hundred percent, worth probably implants, don't you reckon? Far out, man. Otherwise, it's bloody impressive. Good surgery. I'll say. I've seen it. I've seen these kinds of. Sur- I haven't seen a six-pack implant, but I've seen amazing boobs. Have you? Boob jobs, yeah. You've been involved in that. Yes, I have. There you go. Um, it's all legit, people. I was a theatre nurse before <laughs> I was... <laughs> I used to have a legitimate <laughs> income, mm. place in society. Um, now, now just Patreon. Oh, and just a stay-at-home mother. There's nothing worse, is there? Okay. Patreon, um, Turning Signals Podcast, patreon.com. Thank you. <laughs> hey, um, okay, we, we should finish up. Yeah. What else? Anything else? Um, just want to say that the yeah Aquarius moon can help at this time just to round off with like all the – with an objectivity mm-hmm. and a sort of a lens into the subjectivity of – whatever we've been going through in the last few weeks, couple of weeks in particular. Um, And, you know, the emotions that we're experiencing, you know, they don't need to define us, but they can inform us and allow us to gain insight. So, yeah, like going back to the coddling of the American mind and that, you know, important differentiation between (laughs) when I'm talking about allowing emotions to inform us it's like arguably you could say I'm doing what all the cancel culture peeps are doing but that's not what I'm doing I'm sort of arguing for a balance of both subjectivity and objectivity and that's what I think is important about holding the tension of the opposites, to know that even though we are a microcosm of the macrocosm, we're not everything and other people have different perspectives that are valid too and allowing ourselves to sort of be in that hard place of awareness of multiple realities mm. <laughs> at once, which is you know tricky and Aquarian. Um, so sort of where we're going. But... Um, yeah, it, it, and we can be hard on ourselves sometimes thinking that we've already been here before and we should know this by now, you know, in terms of lessons and going over the same ground. But it's like a spiral and it's like, you know, raising our awareness at the same time as deepening into our sense of self, you know, happening at the same time, even though it, it is sort of the same ground in a kind of a sense it's new ground too because mm. it's that spiralling action is how I conceptualise it anyway. So, yeah, I hope it's a lovely full moon wherever you are to enjoy it. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just going to 
find a quote to leave us with. I kind of want to, um, I guess, just thinking, I'm just, I kind of want to shout out to myself for, um, and I guess this is probably as good as time as any to just quickly talk about the future of the pod. Yes. Um, because we'll be in different cities pretty soon. Yes. So essentially this season one, I'm calling it, we'll be wrapping up, um, do one or two more episodes. And then um, we're going to get set up to do, I guess, like via Zoom or something. But we'll try to make sure the sound quality is as good as what it is now. Um, I'm thinking that we'll be talking to computers so we can record like a visual as well. Oh, yeah. So that will add another element. Mm -hmm. Might even be able to move to YouTube. Yeah. I am conscious that I'm going to have to curb my um, truther (laughs) shit. Tendencies. Because I am actually trying to build a career in... um, entertainment media and of course like you know you just look at the theaters over in sydney and the you know they are all filling their quotas of trans writers directors that kind of thing maybe that's the answer what do you mean (laughs) you can be lee ann Mm. (laughs) sorry i'd kind of rather be true to myself (laughs) but i yeah i did write to one agency and um yeah no one's gotten back to me it's fine but um i i was kind of like yeah i definitely need to fly my flag a bit harder like yeah to get work i'm you know i'm gonna have to be i'll have to wear a shirt that says sorry ladies i'm gay or something like that i don't fucking know (laughs) but there's no doubt that that yeah i mean sydney sydney it's essentially nothing new but that's the world of entertainment is it's pretty woke, you know? Yes. You be careful what you say. So anyway, I'm sure that the content will be... Before you get a... Yeah, I don't want that. No. Prepared to toe the line for a while. And if that's me selling out, sign me up. Well, yeah. I mean, you've got to make sacrifices. Yeah. Yes, thank you. And um, I guess like I'm kind of proud of myself i you know friends down in mugs that i've been talking to this week are you know very supportive of me going and i think everyone is supportive of me going because um it just reminds me of kikagard soren kikagard and the leap of faith mm. that is required in life yes and you know i'm turning 40 next year and i you know am not capable <laughs> of wondering what if no. And I, I don't think really ever in my life I've, um, uh, maybe I have, maybe it's not worth saying. What I think is that I, I love acting and reading. So that, you know, for the feedback that I've received so far and the way that it makes me feel, there's absolutely, um, it is worth me pursuing mm-hmm. in a professional sense and going as hard as i can definitely at, and that i'm not taking that lightly it's going to be massive commitment and proper turning pro is mm. my ambition um because yeah you can't wonder what if no. you know i just refuse to be 42 and wonder if what if what if i had of so i'm just going to do it give it a few years and see what happens Absolutely. if it doesn't work out like i'm totally open to that as well because 
who knows what will happen in the world as well. I mean, the time's crazy. Yes. I'm yes. not I'm not prepared to get like an implant or something like that. Mm. So if that's where things if things do get dark in that sense, well, I'll just scurry home. But mm. um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I no one knows. No, they'll market it well. The implants. I might it's end up wanting them. You might. <laughs> it's quite. <laughs> we should talk about that sometime because there's certainly pros and cons. But um, yeah. Yeah. Depends Actually, how that, much you value your humanity, I guess. That um, conversation I mentioned between Joe Rogan, Tim Dillon and Alex Jones, that comes up Mm. and, you know, Joe Rogan is playing massive devil's advocate Mm. because he just loves Elon Musk and sees all of the the good that Elon's trying to do with it. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's, he's, I'm not sure what his stance is personally, but Alex Jones is a goddamn humanist. Yeah. And yeah. Tim Dillon is like, can't we just be human? Like, can we just stop fucking with it? Can we just, mm. like, you know? But it's that's a very interesting part of the conversation. Something I definitely, something I would love to talk with you about further. Yes. Um, yes. Well, next time around, perhaps it'll be the Virgo new moon. I guess. Soaring Kierkegaard. The most painful state of being is remembering the future, particularly the one you'll never have. Yeah, that's, that's a very good point. From fear and trembling. So, yeah, his, so, uh, what does he do? Philosophy mm. has, yeah, it influences me. And yeah, there's no way I'm going to wonder what if. So, yeah, I'm going. But the podcast will prevail. Yeah. <laughs> Persist, Persist, at least. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going away yet. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Ta-ta for now. Enjoy your weekend. And you. We'll catch up.